Hello and welcome to In the Weeds. We're recording live from the Picky Weeds Esoteric Occult Boutique, located just south of Clark Summit, Pennsylvania, in beautiful South Abington Township. Picky Weeds is the largest and most diverse boutique of its kind in Northeast Pennsylvania, with an increasingly wide variety of items for many traditions. In addition to items for sale, Picky Weeds hosts a wide variety of classes, events, and community-driven gatherings throughout the year. Picky Weeds is located at 105 Layton Road, South Abington Township, PA. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. More information can be found at www.pickyweeds.com. That's P-I-C-K-E-Y-W-E-E-D-Z.com or on our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. In the Weeds is the official podcast for Picky Weeds, where we strive to bring the community together with topics of interest, guest speakers, and informative discussions to benefit the entire community. If you'd like to be a guest speaker, either live or remote call-in, please visit www.pickyweeds.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, find In the Weeds podcast guest application, click it, Copy and paste the text into an email with your contact information and send it to us at pickyweeds at gmail.com. Now, now let's get, get in the weeds. the weeds. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to uh, episode seven. I, wait. No. Yeah. God. Episode seven. Episode seven. Yeah. That 5.5 in there kind of threw, threw everybody off. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was one of those things that we wanted to get out right away because there were so many people expressing concern. Um, this related to uh, Chad, the chief, chief Chad there in Hanover, PA, and his quest for justice on tarot readers. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to... Kind of flip the script back to our uh, discussions and, uh, with the approaching holiday uh, coming up, uh, Samhain. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of the history of that holiday and uh, have a little discussion. So you've got uh, Tay, myself, and Bella, the snoring puppy. Hiya, hiya. So, Tay, you want to kick it off and tell us a little bit about Samhain? Yeah, we can. So, November 1st was the traditional date of Samhain. But if you were Celtic, um, you generally started your celebrations at sundown on the day before the holiday. And they went from sundown to sun up. Um, Samhain literally is still alive in the Irish language today. Um, it means summer's end and it is the name of a month in Irish. So um, it would be, it would start with us. Our parties would start on October the 31st. And it wasn't, just parties. It was very serious. Um, there were a lot of things going on, like ancestors were coming back through the veil, but also malevolent spirits could come through the veil on that mm. night. So where we get our Halloween tradition of dressing up, they took that very seriously because they were trying to fool any, say, goblins or demonic or evil forces that were coming through, you know, any of those sludge beings um, that might slip through the veil along any of the borders so that they would think their children and themselves were also monsters, also ghosts, also goblins, so they would dress up like that. And some of my relatives might be considered malevolent spirits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing, too. Did you know that? That, no. that they were afraid that their relatives might have malevolent intent and come pull them over into the other world and take them away from their current family. So, oh, that's nice. 
you know, how we feed the ancestors yeah. and how we try to appease the ancestors. This is the whole reason that there was a place set at the table for the ancestors during Samhain. It's like the mob. They're coming for their collection envelope. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Margaret. <laughs> yeah. Where's my money? Where, Where's my where, biscuits? <laughs> you better pay me, and it better taste good, too. Oh, my God. But so they would, uh, you guys hear me a lot if you come in the store talking about feeding your ancestors, feed your local spirits. Um, this harkens way back to then um this has been done for generations in several different areas of the world not just the celtic world um but it's proper you feed your ancestors you set out a plate for them as you would set out a plate for you and in those times back in those days and i still feel this way now just for anybody who's thinking about stealing off the ancestors plate if you ate off the ancestors plate uh bad things are going to happen to you yeah, not a good plan. Yeah, that's theirs. That's their champion's portion. So is that like the dead supper, similar to that practice yeah. of setting a plate for the ancestors? Yes, indeed. And to sit in silence with them and listen for them to speak and listen for them to give thanks along with you and welcome you back in. And you're welcome, welcoming them back in across the veil. And being that Samhain is the time of the year that the veil is thinnest, it's the best time in the world if you're missing somebody. Make them a plate. Make them a glass. Sit down, be quiet, and listen for them. Uh, one of the practices that we do, and I still do it at the altar, and we do it here at the house, is I actually sit a plate of everything we ate. And it's a full portion. I don't skimp. So if I've got a big fat brownie, you know, and I've got a big old steak, guess who gets a big fat brownie and a big old steak? That's right. My ancestors, they get the same portion. Well, my dad's favorite meal was ground bologna sandwiches and sauerkraut. So <laughs> if he shows up, we shall know him by his spirit farts, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, That's, John. That was his favorite thing in the world was ground bologna sandwich and, oh, uh, he, and sauerkraut every other day. He came through with the medium the other day. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. Hi, that's me. Who are you talking about? Who's this John you're speaking of? <laughs> I'm here. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was hey, great. How's it going? <laughs> that was about it. She also got fairy dust blown in her face by a certain goddess that you kind of love and adore. So there was that was kind of a great moment, too. Uh, when Dad was alive, he got more ass than a toilet seat. So <laughs> I'm sure that he's too busy to be... Uh, Conversing with the physical world. Hold on, boy. I got shit to do. Yeah. I don't have this body slowing me down anymore. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> you got to wait till it comes back. No, never mind. <laughs> right. Right. Well, guys, just do this for your ancestors. And I do this as a regular practice. Like right now, if you walked in my dining room and looked on my dining room table <coughs> and saw the gods sitting around and some pieces from my ancestors, um, you know, I'll always put something on, on the altar that reminds me of somebody that's passed. Or if it's somebody that I'm thinking of that's not passed, that is close to that. You know, they're close to becoming a traveler and going to the other side. Something on my altar, and I'm feeding the spirits that are protecting them also, that are there waiting for them. So make that plate. Right now, there's a glass of wine sitting on my altar for them. And it's a glass of, uh, I've got to plug a cider place around here. What is the name of that cidery? Dark Roots, or Deep Roots Cidery. Deep Roots. And it's Shout amazing cider amazing cider shout out to amber for the bottles um it was really amazing and yes i did share it with my gods i have to it's just one of those things in my ancestors so it's also a time this time of year when you want to think about paying off your debts because that was huge in the celtic world there was no war if there were battles going on everything stopped for that one 
for the celebration of Samhain. Everybody put out the fires in their hearth. Everybody put out the central bonfires in their territory. And they all made their way, and this is back 2,000, almost 3,000 years ago, um, to the hill of Klokta. And uh, they would go to her hill, and her name, by the way, means Earth Spear which would indicate that she was probably a goddess in her own right and that she had something to do with lightning. Um, but uh, they would make their way to the Hill of Klakta, which is now, uh, what, the Hill of the Lord? Mm. And they would light these huge bonfires. Um, they date it that way, but they do find bodies dating quite a bit further back. Like, I think the oldest body that they found there was a, was a child, and it's about 3,000 years that they've dated it to. But there are indications that there and at the, the mound where they, keep the, they kept the hostages, um, they actually have a, the entrance into the mound actually faces the sun for the solstice, so it lights up the whole passageway there. It's right by Tara. <clears throat> yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's so it's all this big central area. What's really sad is it's kind of it was where the first known Salon celebration took place. And this is based on some some rites where um Klokta came back from um overseas. She'd been out collecting all this different information for her father who was Mogrua and um Simon Magus. So they had thought that, well, they were the biggest two tough guys in the world, and they were the most magical people of all, and they wanted to be all powerful, and neither one of them wanted to get up off their butt and go and find out all this other magical information, so they sent her, and she went all over the world collecting it, and when she came back... She was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, who's the most powerful person here? It's me. And mm, they didn't like that very much. (laughs) Well, you talk about like everything came to a stop. You know, it sounds like, you know, our ancestors were onto something back then that would really be useful uh, nowadays, you know, as divided as everyone is on every subject under the sun, but especially politics and crazy no-touch subjects like that. Absolutely. If we had a, a tradition where all the arguing and all the infighting and backbiting and name-calling, vitriol, all of it had to come to a stop for a number of days every year, it kind of gives you that pause moment to go, this is stupid. Yeah. You know, but we don't do that in the modern day. It just continues and snowballs and snowballs and snowballs until it you, you break shit. And it's sad. Know. It's sad. They were onto something back then. That was that was very very smart it society. Uh, you know, for just societal reasons. And I wish that and I, and we saw them recently. What were there? There were a couple of YouTube videos of people that were actually at the hill of Klotka, Um and they were having these huge huge rituals where they let the the ring of fire on fire um the wheel of fire is something that you would see go across the sky when they were traveling um and it was said that if you looked upon it when her and mo Mo were traveling that you would go blind and if you heard it you would go deaf and if you touched it well you're dead you know so they wanted to set her free this is a beautiful ritual i wish i could remember who was doing this so they wanted to let her go um because when she did come back after being raped by um simon magus's sons she came back to that hill and she gave birth to triplets who she named so that the counties in Ireland would always be remembered, the districts in Ireland would always be remembered, and they would always have sovereignty. And so in an homage to her, 
they lit that wheel on fire and released her. And it was really, really, really beautiful. And I wish that we could go back to doing that kind of thing every year. The unity there and the remembering that we are sovereign. I think we might get there, um, you know, with the, the turning to spirituality and the you know, the modern turning back to the way our ancestors were. I mean, people can see the errors that are being made. You know, a lot of modern stuff is great, right? But sometimes they, they had a really good idea of what worked back then. Um, spirituality being one of them. We were closer to the land. We were closer to our gods. We were closer to our family. Your family understood you more than, say, you know, now they get an idea in their head, and if you don't fit that idea, then you're just wrong. Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. It's like this, um, we're, we're devolving back into insular tribal kind of parties and going at each other. And that may not be yeah. a bad thing, you know, <laughs> because you find your tribe, right? So you're born to who you're born to, and some of us never feel like we're, uh, you know, like, was I adopted? Right. <laughs> I'm not anything like these people. Remember when I had my DNA done and the flags went and come up <laughs> on the DNA and I thought, oh, God, I started having a crisis. And I was uh, like, <laughs> the milkman was busy. <laughs> I really am not related. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's a that's a scary moment when you're, when you're waiting <laughs> in the, and you see the DNA and like fourth generation in, but nothing from your parents. I'm like, what the hell? It's scary. But, I was like, you know, but that explains a lot, right? <laughs> especially as pagans, you know, we, we find our tribe. Yeah. And, and, um, a lot of our parents and grandparents, they were raised in a very Abrahamic fundamentalist mindset, and it's their way or the highway. And, um, you know, it goes into, you know, spirituality, it goes into gender, it goes into sexual Politics. identity. And if you don't fit the box that they have in their mind, then you're, you're outcasts or abused you know mentally physically it's it's bad so there's a lot of us that have you know all the black sheep have gathered in a herd and you know we pick our own tribe and i know we did that you yeah, know we did. Yeah, we did. um and and i think that's helpful and i think chris in the last interview touched on that too is like one of the most important things is is to find people that you can be your true self with. You yeah. don't have to put on the mask. You don't have to pretend to be their idea of you. You can be you. Yes. Um, and uh, it's really important. And I see people tortured all the time um, by trying to remain, you know, faithful to their to their blood family. And their blood family doesn't have any interest in actually knowing who they are. Um, so... I kind of got off topic there a little bit, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I we talk about traditions, and the most one of the most important things in tradition is to uh, to have that tribe with mm -hmm. you. You know, finding people that understand you. Maybe they don't practice exactly the way you do. Maybe they don't practice at all. But you can have a conversation. They accept you for who you are, not who they think you are. And it's a big deal. It is. And so when you light that tribal bonfire this year for Samhain, that's coming up here and just a few short days think about that think about how this was the darkest night of all for everybody because in unison they blacked out everything they took down the fires they they put the hearth out in their homes they put out the bonfires in their central areas and they all waited to go and carry home something from the central fire to carry them through the lonely months of winter 
in remembrance of the people that they shared this night with, the people that they beat the winner with, the people that they beat back the goblins and the the evil spirits with, and their ancestors who they sat down and ate and drank with and welcomed back into the fold. So try to remember that this year and spread a little of that around. An easy way to do that is uh, do something for a neighbor who's done something for you. You know, offer something. Because we used to do that. We would carry, um, we would carry peat from house to house and give it out to make sure that the elders had warmth, the children had warmth, that they were taken care of. So remember, you know, it's all about being part of a tribe and contributing. And it's like the Bronze Age version of paying your, your, your friend who's on hard times, paying their gas bill for the month. It I guess. is. Pay it you forward. Know, you're you're yeah. going to be able to cook and heat for the next 30 days. Happy sound. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, because that's what heat was, you know, the fuel that they burned to, to cook food, to heat their homes, yes. to, to do everything. To so. put their bodies in, they sacrificed some people. <laughs> <laughs> Great preservation. <laughs> it preserves everything perfectly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a great practice to bring into your traditional everyday life when you're really trying to reconnect with your roots and your ancestors. Think about these things. There's ways we can do it in the modern day and still carry that forward in remembrance of how they did it then. And that's that's all we each and every one need to be trying to do because we stand on the backs of our ancestors. And if you think about it as these as the season is coming up, we are the actual physical manifestation of their will, of our ancestors' will, and of their hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. And we're carrying that name forward. We're carrying those names on our tongues and on our hearts. And we're trying to be the best manifestation of their will that we can possibly be. So kind of bear that in mind, this one, and carry that around. And I wanted to talk about a couple of the divination tricks that they used during Samhain. They were kind of cool. Um, they would, there was one where the, the younger ones would swing an apple on a string over a fire. And the first one for the apple to fall off of the string would be the first person to get married. Hmm. And the one left with the apple still on the string would die ever, never having wed. So that was kind of interesting. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then they baked things into bread. For prosperity and for malevolence. <laughs> so, depending on what you got in your bread, <laughs> it would determine, you know, whether you would be prosperous, whether you would marry, you know, um, rings and bread, stuff like that. Babies and bread, you might be fertile and have children, you know. Um, hmm. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I'll think I'll pass. But yeah. So there was that tradition. And I'm trying to think what some of the other traditions were. Oh, they didn't carve pumpkins. There were no pumpkins. So they carved turnips. And they would carve turnips into these, you know, these gruesome little faces and stuff like that and put a stump of a candle in them and, and light them. That's well, kind of cool. cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So how do you get from turnips to pumpkins? <laughs> I have no clue how is we this, got from turnips the, to pumpkins. Is this the, 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 the pumpkin uh, have a super pack or something, the pumpkin <laughs> industry? Well, the pumpkin's easier to carve because <laughs> turnips are kind of small. <laughs> <laughs> They're like turnips, but orange. We, we no, got, these are better. We just got lazy. That's all that happened there. <laughs> yeah. 
There was also, and I, I have an inkling of a suspicion about this one, Cole Cannon, you know, the cabbage cabbage and potato dish that's served every year this time of year. <laughs> because this was kind of a meatless <sighs> so day, gross. too. So for you of those out, those of you out there that are meatless, this was generally a meatless dinner um, during this time. It was, there was a lot of, like, bread and vegetables and, you know, um, late-season crops and stuff like that that they cooked at this time of the year. But the Cole Cannon... I don't know when this started, but I read about this a while back. But the parents would take like silver coins and wrap them in something and stick them down in the coal cannon. And the kid had to eat the coal cannon to find the coin. But it's a good way of paying your little ones to eat their, their cabbage. I, I, I'd rather be broke. <laughs> I'm sure a lot He's of people love faces. it. But, I wish this ugh. was on video. <laughs> I love coal cannon. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> it's a terrible sight for a sober man. I wonder how many te- teeth have been broken on that coal cannon and the and the baked <sighs> bread and stuff. <laughs> Are there any statistics on that? I don't know. Oh. oh my god! So this is just this is a great time of year for a lot of a lot of fun. But remember, watch your borders because this time of the year, since the veil is thin. The borders are someplace that really need to be protected. Because even back then, the borders were thought to be the place where the goblins and the malevolent ghosts would, would kind of hang out. And you didn't want to go there by yourself. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Pixie led anyone? Not fun. Yeah, no, not fun. Yeah. No. Do not recommend one star Yelp review. <laughs> you can't do a half star Yelp oh, no. Do not recommend. <laughs> Yeah. Fairies are not little happy, shiny, winged creatures flitting around, live, laugh, love. <laughs> no. Just no. Oh. Keep them happy. Don't piss them off. Don't call them fairies. Don't throw your water out at night. <sighs> what is it? Pound an iron nail into your door. They are not fairies. They are the I, she, the gentry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, she, unseely or seely. Well, there's some debate about that unseely, too. Yeah. Because it was, where did that come about? Do you Mm. remember off the top of your head? I don't. I need to look up some, what is it, O'Hogan and see what he has to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I know the seely court, I've seen referenced a lot. And, but, you know, we've always just referenced them as the gentry or the she. Um, Some people like to, you know, we have to categorize everything. I know so, it's ridiculous. Seely, the good ones, and unseely. You know, they're all mischievous. Yes. You know. Yeah, that's where I fall on these people that are doing the demonic things, and they think that they're <laughs> actually calling stupid. demons. I need to remind you, those are actual divine beings, as above, so below. Yeah. Uh, okay. Just just so you get it straight in your head. Dabbler's gonna dabble. Yeah. Dabble's gonna dabble's gonna dabble. Dabble's dabble, 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 <laughs> But yeah, but do. <laughs> so there was a little bit of the historic, you know, and and you'll see similar, you know, observances of the dead, observances of uh, the end of summer, the beginning of winter. You'll see that across a lot of different cultures. Um, it goes by different names um, in a lot of different traditions. Uh, they just—it's not all called Samhain. 
No. Um, you might you might see that in Scotland. You might see that in Ireland. Well, Scotland, I think it's Sauvin, isn't it? It's not uh, Sauvin. I, I, yeah. I believe yeah. so, but yeah. I'm not a Scottish scholar. And it's definitely not in Wales called either one. I'm a Scottish yeah. drinker, yeah. <laughs> but um, we'd have to uh, defer to an expert on, on that one. Yeah, not, yeah no. no, um, no but I know Wales, uh, the Welsh have a completely different term. Uh, I know Mara Starling, I just shared a quote on that, has it in there on Facebook, what the the uh, Welsh is not Samhain. It's a completely different term. Um, you know, you have the Day of the Dead down in um, Latin America, and there's different forms, different traditions. But so many places and so many people recognize this time of the year as a time, you know, look, just in general, we're remembering our dead. You know, we're calling out their names, letting them know they're remembered. We set them a place. We feed them. We honor them. We respect them. And, you know, by whatever name is necessary, that's what we're we're doing, and that's the purpose this time of the year. So, as the wheel turns. Yes. So, yes. our tradition is um, similar, um, and, and we've been guests at other traditions, and they do things sometimes a little differently, and, and that's okay. That's cool. Um, the, the main point is that we are taking that pause. We are taking that pause in what we do. And you'll notice that if Samhain falls on a day that the store is normally open, the store is closed that day. Yes. It's a sacred day. Honor the ancestors. Um, we founded this store in the God's name. We founded this store for remembrance. We founded this store to be uh, a foundation for the community. And so as part of that, we stop our income for the day. We stop everything and we celebrate. Sometimes if uh, the weather is, is so inclement, we can't get it up, get up the mountain, then we'll, we'll do a small ceremony with friends at the house, you know, but regardless of the location, the point is that we come to a stop. Yes. And we stop transactions. We stop everything. If you're in an argument with someone or you're not agreeing, we stop that. So, akin to our ancestral practice, we do come to a full stop every year and pause to remember them, pause to say their names, pause to give thanks for the year, pause to think of the year to come. And that's pretty much what our, our annual celebration ritual slash gathering is about. You know, we'll, we'll gather in our grove. Um, traditionally, um, women make the fire. Women make the fire. I know I tried to make the fire once. It didn't work out well <laughs> in the middle of freaking winter <laughs> Michigan back in BFE woods. <sighs> By the time. Oh, God. It was a great scene. Like, this has been something like out of a movie. You hear crunching through the white snow, and here comes one, one female coven member in a solid black hooded cloak and another one in a red cloak, and they're crunching and stabs and the whole bit, and they look. And like you were a, blue. Looked like a typo negative video. It was just fucking badass, right? <laughs> but I couldn't see that through the chattering of my teeth because I was about, yeah, hypothermic. Um, I had been trying to get this fire lit. Look, I know how to start a freaking fire. But in our tradition, the women start the fire. Women bring the fire. Yes. And literally, these two sat down, and in about six seconds, there was a blazing bonfire going on. So I'm like, okay. 
I know I, my place. I remember she looked at me and said, I think the gates of hell just opened. And yeah. Said, yeah, I think so. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And boy, did I need it. <laughs> Saved it my bacon great. that night. So, uh, yeah, l- nice lesson in humility there for, for me. And you know, that's not just our tradition either. That is like the keepers of the flame of Breach. No man is yes. allowed to touch that fire. Yep. It has to be one of the female nuns or somebody they've invited in to touch and keep and tend that fire. They can't even carry wood to that fire. Yep. It's amazing. But yep. they're the keepers of the flame. Yep. And, you know, we'll, uh, so once the fire is, is going, um, we, we have a circle. And so now you, you hear cast a circle and that connotates like you're putting a ward or a protection up no. and that, that is not what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so the circle that's cast is, is a circle, but it's not like a circle of salt. It's not, we're inviting. So it's kind of like turning a light bulb on in a dark room. You're letting the spirit world, the ancestral world, know that we're going to do a working here. So the veil, and when we speak of the veil, I know we touched on it before, but in, in our in our tradition, both the spirit world and the physical world are happening at the same time. And things are happening in both sides. And so there's a veil. There's a thing that normally you can't see unless you're sighted. You can't hear unless you're clairaudient. You can't, you know, this is where the psychic uh, thing has come in because some people have an innate ability uh, to access across the veil um, more than other people. It's, it's, everybody can do it. Most people can do it, but um, some do it naturally. And um, so the veil is that thing that divides the two worlds. So when we say, and every witch in the world, if I had a nickel, like I saw a meme the other day, oh, it's that time of the year when every witch says the veil is thinning. (laughs) It is. It is. It is. You know, I mean, yeah. But that that veil, that division between the spirit world and this world is getting thinner um, towards this part of the year, just like it does in Bialtana, um, May 1st. So these are the two, in our tradition, high points of the year. They're the major fire festivals. There are four fire festivals uh, in our tradition, but these are the two uh, main ones, and that is because traditionally the veil is the thinnest. So once the fire is going, we generally just do a circle to turn that light on in the dark room and to let, let the spirit world know that, hey, we remember you, we're here, and we're going to do a little something-something um, if you, uh, it's more of an invitation than a ward, you know? So if you want to take part, um, you're more than welcome. You are going to hear us call our ancestors in from the house of Don. Um, Don is, uh, God of the house of the dead out in, and in, in the, out beyond the ninth wave. Um, you can see a lot of this and a lot of the, in a lot of the tales, but that's where we go for our rest as we pass on. Um, so we do that and we call them forward and that's the reason for the no protections. And I know there's a lot of you flinched when we said, Oh, we didn't cast the salt circle. We didn't cast any protections. No, they're our ancestors. No, we have a relationship with them. We have a relationship of love and sharing and nurturing and feeding them. We're not trying to protect ourselves from them. And we <laughs> speak up, Bella. We can't hear you. She's snoring very loudly. Oh my God, she's so interested in what's being said here. 
Oh, she loves it out there, though. She loves it at Circle. So She snores yeah. during ritual, too. Yes, yeah, she so, does. She does. Know, she'll sleep anywhere. <laughs> she doesn't care. Paula leaves Bella. But we'll, we'll raise some energy. You know, a lot of times it, it'll be uh, an invocation, an evocation, or sometimes it'll be just a mantra, a chant. You know, these are traditions that aren't, you know, special to us. There's a lot of people in a lot of places that do very similar things. But the point being that you're raising energy of the place and everyone has a part in that raising of the energy. It's everyone takes um, part of themselves and offers it to the circle, to the fire, to the energy, to everything growing and growing and growing. Um, the mantra will end. We'll do an invocation of the dead. And that's where you would call out your ancestors names, like who, you know, call out who passed, you know, recently call it who passed years ago that you just want to let them know that you remember them. You know, uh, that's the time where we, we, we bring, bring them to the forefront, right? This is their day, the remembrance of, and we bring offerings sometimes. Maybe it's something that we know that they loved, and maybe that's a burn offering, or maybe that's something we leave at the circle for them. You know, it's it's just, it's really one of those things where you know how your ancestors feel and what they would want from you. And so that's what you want to do for them at that time at that circle. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful circle. Yeah, and we'll, we'll invoke the names of the gods of the season, you know, so whoever's in your tradition that, that is the one that carries people over to the other side or the one that cares for the dead. Whatever, whatever deity you may have that, that you feel um, based on their history and based on their um, culture that you, that you feel fits, that's, that's who you call on. You want them to be present um, along with your ancestors. Yes. You um, know, again, bring offerings. And deities sometimes will tell you what they want, you know, and some, you'll just feel it. Like, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. So bring your offerings, bring, you know, if, if it was a close family member, you're going to know, like Tay just mentioned that, you know, you're going to bring something that was special to them. You know, if they liked a particular cigar or they, they liked a specific whiskey or whatever, that's a, that's a good thing to, you know, offer them a drink of. Coffee, honey buns, sweet tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Debbie's. Gr- yeah. Ground bologna and sauerkraut. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and you can sit there then, and usually we have a scribe. We want them to partake of, you know, this part of the ritual. But prior to that, when we're doing the uh, the avocation, um, or we're doing the invocation, whichever we decide to do at the time, or both, we want them to kind of be watching um, what's going on outside the circle and writing down anything they see, anything they hear, something they might have noticed, you know, because sometimes... I'm I'm not there. I'm not there. And I know John will agree, neither is he. You're just, you're on the other side somewhere hearing something all your own, dealing with somebody talking in your ear. Um or they're running their fingers down your spine. You know, it's it's one of those things. Or you call them bloody with and there's a owl that starts talking immediately after the invocation. That was great. Yeah. You know, and you know, I remember last Samhain when we were doing um a ritual and I could, while we were intoning, it sounded like the words are reverberating off of a, um, a glass, like a membrane. Yeah. Like you could feel the air, the sound waves hitting through the air and hitting this membrane and it was vibrating. 
and I, I, this probably happened before, and I just didn't pay attention to it, and now I guess I'm older and paying attention to things. Um, but that was a very meaningful thing last year. I remember the sound of the gods' names and the ancestors' names, and and the air would vibrate. Like, you know, it's not you're shouting out across a valley, you're shouting out across and and it's hitting something like that's where the veil was like they were right there. Yeah, you can literally feel it. It was shimmering on your skin. It was it was amazing. And I was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And and take on herself on fire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm fun at parties. Women are supposed to bring the fire, not catch on fire. I was bringing the fire to you. <laughs> you were too far away from it. Yeah. Oh my God. But um, yeah, and it was a good time to do some divination. Absolutely. Um, if you have someone uh, or you or you yourself are good at, you know, you, you're interested in trying scrying, that's a good time to do it. Um, especially if you have people around you. Um, it's a good time to do any kind of divination, even if it's to throw a tarot spread, if it's to use a pendulum, it's um, scrying in the fire, is a, is a, in the Samhain fire is a, is a long tradition of ours. Yes. You know, because you'll see, you'll see, you yeah. know, it, it's, it's different than every night of the year. It's a special night. Um, we, we take it very seriously um, as it's our high holiday, one of, one of our high holidays. We party like fiends afterward, though, so don't think we're all that stodgy. We're not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you you pour everything. It's like any other working. You pour everything you have into it, and when you're done, you're done. And thank the gods and thank the ancestors, and you clear up the area, make sure it's nice and safe, and no fires, embers are left, and all the incense and candles are put out and gathered up, and you you clean up any 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 refuse, and and then you go pig out. That's that's um, part of the fun. I think the Fae thought they were slighted last year because they stole two wallets. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was great. Yeah. <laughs> they were later found in places they were not put. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, milk and honey is good. Yeah. Pay them the homage they deserve. Yeah. As I promise you, they will play with you if you don't. Yes, they will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... Samhain practices, yeah, there's so you have the ancestral way of doing things, and I think we're, you know, fairly in step with that. I mean, we're, obviously, we're not going to bring each other Pete. Um, oh, why not? I don't even know where to get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can buy it at your local nursery. <laughs> but uh, sounds a beautiful time of the year, and I, I hope everybody here, you know, if, if you unfortunately, the reality of life nowadays, sometimes you have to work, but it, it doesn't have to be on October 31st. Okay, it can be November first. Some some traditions are several days long, so you know you can you can work it in. Even if you just take fifteen minutes at your house, stop what you're doing, stop everything, and give them at least a little bit of your time to say thank you. So if you don't have the fancy cloaks and daggers and all the other accoutrement, you don't need it. You know, just take a few minutes and. Thank your ancestors. Tell them that you're thinking of them. Thank them for the lessons they, they give you. Thank you. Thank them for even if they did the wrong thing. So now you know the right thing. You know, yeah. everything can be looked at as a gift. Yes. It doesn't always, it's not always positive, but sometimes you can take from even the, the bad experiences. Um, but give them that time. You know, if you have a deity that you have asked 
you know, all during the year, please help me with this. Please help me with that. Well, now's your time to say, thank you. I appreciate you. And thank you for being part of my life and, and helping me in those dark moments. Now's the time to, to light the fire for them. Even if it's as simple as lighting a candle in the West and a little stick of incense and saying a few words, the most important thing is to pause for the cause, yes, right? It is. Pause for the holiday. Remember. You know, and I know what it's like to have to work two, three jobs. I know what it's like to work double, triple shifts. Done it. We both done it. I've done it on site. You know, yeah. but, you know, on your lunch break, say a few things. Go outside. Stand, face the West, the West, the direction of the ancestors. Yeah. Right? And say a few words. And ask for some blessings and give a little offering. You know, even if it's a, you know, pack of smokes or a sip of Coca-Cola or whatever you got handy. Yes. The point being... You took time, right? So you saw the point back in the old days was everything stopped. Yeah. So if you can only afford to stop for 15 minutes, stop for 15 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's good enough, right? I fed bobcats. Yeah. On my post at work um, out at Honeywell um, during Samhain. And that was, that was really interesting because she, she was feeding cubs. So I stopped by the water treatment plant and left her food and faced the west and talked to them for a few minutes and yeah. fed her. We've I mean, been there. Yeah. You know, didn't have the luxury of deciding, well, store's closed today. Well, I didn't own the place yeah, the last, you no. know, didn't have a say, and I was on the schedule. So what I, what I did do, and I can say to you guys, if you've got the option, a lot is I know that the Christians like their holidays off. So I would always say, if you will work Samhain for me, I'll work Thanksgiving for you. Or if you'll work Yule for me, I'll oh, work God, Christmas yeah. for you. And I did that a lot, and it really worked out. And it, we've kind of formed a bond and partnership around that. It's funny. So I know that a lot of times you want to be angry with them. But if they see that you're willing to do something for them, they'll often do it for you and you'll be you'll be surprised at the friendship you'll forge. Ain't that crazy how that yeah, works? It's nuts, isn't <laughs> it? It's it's bad that you gotta you gotta do that. But I mean talk to people and shit. Yeah, oh, right. Jesus. <laughs> Who Christ. wants that crap? No, I was really popular when I worked for the state of Michigan because you know <laughs> Same. I think me and Chris were the were the only pagans there and we're like, hey, I got you Christmas. We'll work that double time. You know, no yeah. problem. It, it don't mean shit to me. I, I worked doubles on those days. That was that was good money. Yes, sir. And yes, they're sir. like, you want October 31st off? Yep. Yes, I do. I don't have time to explain it to you. Just do yeah. you want Christmas off or not? And it's hard. That one is hard because a lot of times you'll run into parents that want to trick-or-treat with their kids. Yeah. You know, and you might not find the, the actual... Um, favoritism there that you will for the other holidays but you might be surprised too you know that there'll be something that'll say yeah i'll work it for you you know because mm-hmm. it, it's always seemingly worked out for me most of the time there's only like i said there's been a couple salons i had to work but i found break time yeah yeah yep. just yeah pause for the cause and then came home and finished up so so this year I would like to see what these guys are doing out on the Hill of Klaka come back in full force. And I'm so happy that they bought it back to its original place. So I want you guys to think about hailing her this year, if you would, just from the love of your hearts for 
that's where we're pretty sure Salen started. So there's a little there's a little mantra of a song that goes, Clock good goddess, lady fair, easy for me to say. Come to us on frosted air. Guide our steps in pale moonlight. Light our fire this Salen night. And it's beautiful. And they walk the whole hill in a circle and sing this to her. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. We, we saw the YouTube um, video on it today. Do you, you remember what that's called? I don't. And it was beautiful. But if you probably, if you look up uh, Clockta, and that is, what is that spelled? I think it was Pagan Ireland Samhain, uh, dash Samhain, dash Clockta. So Clockta is T-L-A-C-H-T-G-A. It's pronounced Clockta. And uh, if you YouTube that, there is a beautiful, beautiful ritual on there um, led by a priestess. And she does a, you know, wonderful job with this huge group of people on this sacred site. Uh, It it was it was a tearjerker, you know, a very emotional and did a fantastic, fantastic ritual. Um, you know, where people were calling out the names of their ancestors and people were calling out their loved ones that had walked on, you know, and uh, truly, truly an amazing thing. And I would love to be there one day. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm just glad to see it's back there. There's another good site, too, that talks about some of this. Uh, It's uh, CelticMKE.com, H-T-T-P-S, colon, slash, slash, Celtic, C-E-L-T-I-C-M-K-E dot com. Um, they've got a really good write-up on it, too. And I'd like to plug another one. Yeah. Yeah. Newgrange.com. Uh, Samhain, the Celtic Roots of Halloween. Yeah. It's excellent. Excellent. Yeah. The, the resources are there. You just have to, to have to dig for them a little bit. Um, but what an amazing ritual. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and then we see every year, uh, what is the fire festival that they do? Um, is it in Scotland? It's no, it's all over. It's um, no, I think the they do it one. in different no, places. Beltane, Beltane Fire, Fire Society. Society. If you have a chance, now look. Some of the symbolism is a little, yeah, uh, not quite historically accurate. Yeah, it kind of goes back to that Celtic tree oracle, battle of the trees type mm-hmm. symbolism. But it is a beautiful ritual, and the actors are amazing. Um, Beltane Fire Festival, if you can look them Beltane up Beltane Fire Society. Fire Society, that's right. And you can find them on YouTube. You can find them on Facebook. Um, absolutely beautiful um, body paint. The actors are phenomenal. It's a, a all-volunteer force that gets together every year and celebrates the high days. They do a Beltane or Beltane, if you're Anglo, uh, and they also do Samhain. Uh, and it's just an amazingly well done ritual, and just absolutely stunning. It um, is. It really is. That's that's very high on the theatrical side of it, and of course, you need a little theater with ritual. Right? Yeah, you do. That's what makes it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, otherwise we're just going to say a few words and go get pissed. But you know, and then the ancestors and the gods are going to be very freaking bored. Yeah. Look, yeah, you need, yeah. need to you know, put a little effort in, man. Yeah. Show your love. Show your love. And if you ever find yourself in Ireland, you lucky dog, um, Boyne Valley Tours. 
they do an amazing tour and they use um, like the, I believe it's the Celtic Heritage Trust Foundation's information as you go on the tour so you learn absolutely everything I mean they go they cover the myths really really well um, and they cover the history of the place you know archaeologically anthropologically it's really fascinating go go if you get a chance yeah absolutely so let's see what else we're we going to talk about today I don't know. I think that was about I it. Anything going it. on at the store this week? Well, not a whole lot. I mean, we're going to have some readers in. Yeah, you know? Mary Ellen will be back from her Woodland Creatures uh, <laughs> sabbatical. Yeah, it was her last one of the year. It's kind of sad. I just picture her like closes. Snow White with all the, the birds singing on her arms. <laughs> the and, uh, and the deer and kissing her. She'll go yeah. back to her camper and paint <laughs> paint them or draw them, you know, and it's just a wonderful thing. And it's, <laughs> it's so awesome that she takes time stops she doesn't wait for Samhain or a ritual she just stops and goes out to reset in the woods yes and that's that's a beautiful thing love that do more of that if you can it's really really good for what Elja yep. it really is yep absolutely you need to stop hearing all the noise out here in the media and all the noise from your damn neighbors and go get in the woods and listen to some trees a little less screen yeah. time yeah <laughs> yeah I think we could all use that yeah. nowadays I do it every day. I go out and hug my tree behind the shop. Yeah, yeah. she gets the great looks. Yeah. <laughs> they think I'm crazy, but I'm actually feeding the tree. So I feed the ancestors, and then I take it out and feed the tree and the local spirits. Isn't that crazy? You're an actual yeah. witch and yeah. you own a witch store? Yeah. They come up looking at me like I've got nine heads sometimes, and they drive off. Are you really doing witchcraft? <laughs> yeah. Um, duh. Yeah. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Yeah. <sighs> anyway... But thank you guys for sticking around. Um, we're real close. We're about uh, 48 minutes, almost 50 minutes into uh, this one. And uh, thank you for sticking around to the end. And uh, we'll have another episode coming up soon. Hope you have a blessed Samhain. We love you. Good night. Night. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of In the Weeds, and we hope you didn't have to pick too much pucker brush off your cloak after visiting with us here. If you liked the episode, please follow, subscribe, and share. And if you're really kind, leave a positive review. Be sure to tune in next week as we publish a new episode weekly. If you're in the area, stop by the store and see us. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.